0: What
1: you waiting for, what? put your back in it Just a little more, try so your whittin' it now Fill your body up in it, walk it hard and long what? When you finish that Episode 163 of the Talking Bollocks podcast brought to you by Go Loud It's me, C.O.B. It's me, Thaddy Flewa
2: And today we're joined by Thomas Cardy Come on, what's happening, pal? How are you? What's going on? Let's. have right been chatting there. How long ago was the episode? The last time we spoke, yeah, on a podcast, it was in a youth centre <laughs> yeah. in the south side, in Drimna, yeah, yeah, in Drimney, yeah. Um, would have been roughly three years ago. Yeah, mm. yeah, it was about roughly three years ago. And like what I had told you at the time, my intentions were in sport and in life completely 360. Yeah, so none of that happened that we spoke about last time. So I can't remember that conversation.
1: I just just remember you were about to go pro.
2: Yeah. Exactly. So I was about to turn pro. Lockdown was, I think it was was still during lockdown. lockdown, Yeah, it was in in lockdown. Yeah, so I had all these great intentions. I was speaking with American promoters, had signed with an American promoter. You were
1: going to New York, yeah.
2: Yeah, Boston. Yeah, Boston. I was signed. It was done. Deal was done. And then life just went crazy from there, to be completely honest.
3: You were kind of saying that, that kind of sounded like a negative thing that you were saying there. What? When you were saying... It did a full 360, none, none of that. No, 360 happened. in a positive way, absolutely okay.
2: positive, yeah, definitely. But like I had all these intentions going to America, it was going to be great and I was going to play the long game. It came really quick, to be completely honest.
1: I remember you were saying that you were like, I'm a Southpaw, I'm a
2: Irish, Boston. Yeah, road. we're going I, to sell it remember, in Boston yeah. and stuff like that, it's going to be Ooh. great. And had all these great intentions, great contacts, great people, but just never materialised. Not that it never materialised, it kind of got a better offer.
1: Oh, else I remember from that conversation. Do you remember he got Rose? I am like, you just don't know who
2: Damon Dempsey is. Yes. So, absolutely. <laughs> That's a point. 100%. Thank you for bringing that up. We've yeah, met. Yeah, so at the time, I was like, yeah, I remember you said it to him in the, on the podcast. At the time, I was like, lad, I just need to get Damien Dempsey on. You're like, who even listens to him? Who's Damien Dempsey? You know <laughs> what I mean? he fabricated. Yeah. It? Yeah, that he's exaggerating that a little
3: bit. We just No, of course. Oh, he he
2: exaggerating a little bit, but you know what I mean? Yeah. He didn't really know how good he no, was. You, no, you, you,
3: you put us in a. Yeah. Uh,
2: you'll put us on today so I'm responsible for all Damien Dempsey's success since then yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah basically, basically. we're responsible for your success since then as you said
2: because oh. you
1: had these foundations late, got the
2: podcast, like, I got oh, on the podcast with the then. lads and everyone came running oh you're on Talking Bollocks let's <laughs> sign you now yeah, yeah. that's what happened yeah. that's what definitely happened. didn't happen yeah it's going to Go on. <laughs> Have we any English boys? That's all I want. I was trying to think of one today, but we'll go back to the first one. Do you do it with the lights on or the lights off? Bro, how do Was you that in the first episode? Yeah. Did I tell you how I remember? Because I went to the Pearl River for the Chinese last Saturday and the girl working in Pearl River said to me that that's still her favourite podcast and then the one bit she remembers is that part and I couldn't answer because my nanny listens to the podcast. I just remember that She actually put, she put me last week in Pearl River, like three years later, you know what I mean?
1: I remember that we just ripped the piss out of each other for like two hours or something
2: mm. yeah. constant. a lot of people tell me it's still like one of the funniest ones that I, do, ah, I
1: remember I, I yeah. remember at the time just thinking like this was brilliant Just constant crack
2: it's you just coming for me all the time me, and it has no, been well, since, the, it has I, been I out as well <laughs> just <laughs> what I mean yeah. me. you do get involved but Calvin just comes to my head off the you time. For real, it's bro? great though you no, you're, you're fighting Aggro. Oh yeah, me? No, him. Dave. Yes,
1: this is like rush hour 3. <laughs> <laughs> <Me>? you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, Calvin's always coming for me. Boys you know what I mean? Back me. playing on my holidays and just at me. Oh, you're in Bristol, mate.
1: Yeah, <laughs> 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 yeah. holidays. That's a county holiday. Yes. Bristol <laughs> pendants. Was he on the plane. <laughs> That's why I'm all. all that matters. I Was on a boys' holiday. Yeah, yeah. Come on, we got fucked out with weather spells. That's how bad that whole was. That's bad. That's bad. Tw- it's bad to be fucked Honestly, out with weather spells. 12 o'clock on a Friday. That's your bad. man was like, I've like been too loud. I was like, it's weather spells, pal.
2: I've what? only ever been fucked into weather spills. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <It's>
1: <laughs> you got fucked out. We got fucked out <laughs> <laughs> with me feet coming out of the place. Yeah, big time. Do you know what I mean? big to But anyways, what are we talking about?
2: <laughs> I asked you as a singer and you just didn't really answer. Yeah, <laughs> like, so, you asked me and I asked you.
1: Yeah, what did we say at the time?
2: I, I got mad I, awkward. I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't answer because obviously I mean he listens to the podcast, but. I'll put it to use. What about now? Surely she stopped listening. Well now I can't answer because Shannon's in the background there. Shout out to Shannon.
1: Well surely she knows.
2: Yeah but we don't want to you know what I mean. We don't
1: want to disclose yeah, your you sex On a bigger tangent
2: yeah. Shannon's actually Giff Forrester's cousin. Yeah I know that yeah. I, Why, do you, I, I, is I cousins? Yeah. Shannon Forrester Giff Forrester? Do not it, not it, was... it doesn't work like that yeah there's not many oh, I was going to say there's not many powers there's loads you're <laughs> sprayed <laughs> like rats like <laughs> they don't go they multiply. deploy I was going to say there's not that many is it like mice oh, they're everywhere a every, every time nose. I check me likes on it's power this power that <laughs> yeah. Eddie power it's, he's a relation Rachel Gilligan power <laughs> John Power Jer Power, Power.
1: Jesus you know I mean? Power That's what happens You know It's bred into them To multiply yeah, I had two pun. sets of twins That's it two, Twins never ran
2: in That's what experience. they used to do back. That's what they did Back in the day You had loads of kids Because not everybody made it You know what I mean TB was there you know the people dropping dead left right, and centre He had loads of kids TB they're still uh, they're still using us. the same mentality <laughs> just have loads <laughs> get as much <laughs> the children's allowance as we can <laughs> first Tuesday of every month Big loaded absolutely <laughs> Berkeley getting lit up <laughs> Tomo yes you have a single a pal hit me with it Joshua Afiori. oh god Lads, I'm not gonna answer that question, yeah? I spend a lot of time with both people. So let me right? just let me just explain, yeah. So when we had you on the
3: podcast, you were turning pro, you hadn't even turned pro yet. Yeah. You've torn pro since then, you've been training a lot yeah. with both Joshua. And Fury, and that's why I'm asking the question because you have a real insight into both of them.
2: Yeah, so re- so what they say in uh, professional boxing, you know, there's an awful lot of honour and stuff like that, and and you know you don't talk about sparring stories. That's one of the unwritten rules, you know what I mean? I don't know what unwritten rules for other sports are, but in boxing you don't talk about sparring stories. I sparred both guys, and
1: recently as well.
2: I sparred them recently. Yeah, I've sparred them uh, previously, and then I've sparred them this year as well. Um, was with Fury actually I sparring them the day he got cut and then recently I was with uh, AJ last week uh, before he flies to Saudi to fight in Ghana. So I've done lots of rounds with both. I, could, I couldn't pick a winner anyways myself to be completely honest about it. Uh, there's, they've obviously different strengths. Uh, Fury's currently heavyweight world champion. Joshua, I think, will be world champion again. Uh, but in terms of an answer, I can't give you one. Even if I could, I wouldn't give it. But I can't give it. Media trying to... That's, what it, is. That's mm. what it is. If I could give an answer, I wouldn't tell you this anyways. But genuinely, mm. hand on my heart, couldn't pick. You couldn't pick. Between. No, because I think I think they're at their peak right now. You know, people say it's oh, past it this time. No, I think both are at their peak right now.
1: Do they, me, Tamo?
2: Does the fight happen? It needs to happen. Mm. I think it should happen. The whole world wants it to happen. So for th- for this fight to happen, yeah, AJ needs to knock Ingano out next week, right? And then I think Fury needs to do such a demolition job on Usyk that the the, the, rematch, the, that the rematch clause just won't go ahead. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Now it's it's in paper. You know what I mean? So the, the loser of that fight is going to want it to happen, Usyk and Fury, but in order for AJ, Fury, Fury, AJ to happen, their next wins need to be so convincing that it leaves no question and, no just push, and they'll just go straight yeah, into yeah, it yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And then that's great. Biggest fight ever. In the history ever, so Fury and Usyk right now, and when it happens, May eighteenth is the biggest fight that's ever happened in boxing. And then, providing all goes well, I obviously want Fury to win, and um, want to win that one. I want AJ to win his fight against Ngannou. and then that's the biggest fight ever, lads. Like the magnitude of that fight, it's it's hard to put into words. You know Saudi I mean?
1: job,
3: isn't
2: it? Of course, Saudi job. But yeah. I would,
3: well, I don't think that
2: that fight would happen if Saudi weren't involved. Um, it's hard to say, yeah, because now what Saudi have done is they've brought I don't know, hope I'm not boring people with the real intricate boxing talk, but I suppose there's a lot of boxing people that listen, isn't it? Yeah. But Saudi have changed the landscape of boxing completely in the last year. You know what I mean? So like the top fifty most influential influential people in boxing prior to twenty twenty three would have been your Eddie Hearns, you know, your Frank. Oscar De La Hoya's, your Frank Warrens, um they would have been the top three. And then out of nowhere, this guy Turkey El Sheikh, his excellency, has just gone straight to the top number one Mm -hmm. and his number two which is Spencer Brown Fury's manager is now number two out of nowhere Mm. I think we should do a little recap yeah from
3: the previous episode which was nearly three years ago so I think obviously in that episode we would have explained that we know each other from growing up in the inner city yeah so give us a little recap tell us what it was like growing up in the inner city and why you're going into boxing at the start or how because I've heard, you, sorry, let me jump in as well, because I've heard you mention in numerous interviews about how you're grateful where boxing took you in life because you're seeing where you could have went in life
2: from yeah, being in the inner sea. Absolutely. You know, so we grew up, what would you say, a minute away from each other? Yeah. Literally a minute away from each other. So uh, we grew up um, in the inner city and growing up by the great childhood, to be completely honest, I've no story like, you know, some fighters have this story of, Heartache and abuse and this and I have no mad story. I had a great childhood. Loved growing up in the United City. You know, and great memories. i seen old pictures of the pitch and all the other day. It brought me right back. I have a great memory growing up um, around that area. But you did need to learn how to fight. Mm. Let's be real about yeah, it. Definitely. You really, really did. And especially me being from what people would say, the little bit of, bit of a posher area. It'd be like to use, they used to come up trying to rob our bikes all the time. Do you know what I mean? So you needed to learn how to fight. He was notorious. He, I try and explain this to people about Terence. Terence was notorious. If you're seeing Terence, don't give him a shot at your bike, because it's gone. And then he has two twin brothers that are gonna back him up. Like it's, you know, this was this is the reason why i had to learn how to fight. But what I will say is I didn't learn how to fight immediately. I used to play Gaelic football, used to play a bit of soccer, and through the years I was really, really competitive no matter what I did I wanted to be good you know what I mean so I played both for a long time I only picked up the boxing at 16 but uh, there was an awful lot of fighting going on growing up in the inner City and I usually came out the wrong side of it to be completely honest
3: it's funny that you mentioned the whole thing about the boy things. You left a comment on the Talking Bollocks page on something a couple of months ago and everyone was sending it to me. They were like, you must have been a proper little scumbag. And I was like, no. People think
1: I'm lying when I try <laughs> and tell them. But anyway, Samuel, well, the last <laughs> time you were on, yeah, I think you had your pro
2: debut booked. Did that get cancelled? Um, no, the pro debut went ahead. But I, I was making my pro debut. I just wanted to turn pro. It wasn't any particular pro. You just wanted to get over the line. So it's my, I made my pro debut in Belgium. Um it was in May in twenty one. 21. Yeah, yeah, May twenty twenty one in Belgium. So uh made my pro debut and that kind of kicked everything off for me. And from my pro debut, it's crazy, I'll never forget it. I fought on a Saturday, on the Thursday beforehand, they were like, um, I got requested or got asked, can you go sparring uh AJ for the usic fight on Monday? So that was before the fight. So I was like, This is mad. So I haven't even made my debut yet. And they want me to go sparring with Anthony Joshua, who was I think he had three belts at the time, um, world champion at the time. So this was crazy. Fought Saturday, came home, and everybody was drinking our uh, Pygmalion on, is it South Island Street? Had a couple of quick drinks with one of the lads, and then Monday I was off to uh, Sparm with AJ. So that's how that the, the very start of my career kicked off, you know? Mm. And then where does it go from there? So that's May 21. May 21. So at at this stage, right, I had made my debut. I had signed with the American promoters, uh, Dropkick Morphees, uh, in boston i just sparred aj came back and then all of a sudden i seen that dillian Mui, uh announced a fight with otto Wallen. so dillian Moy had all we, we kind of kept in touch he was the only professional boxer from when i was 16 i used to always text and i couldn't believe he text back you know what i mean mm. he'd always text me back and uh which was crazy i was such a big fan obviously when he fought aj and all i i knew who he was used to follow him from then loved him, loved what he was about, and he was, you know what I mean, a really, really kind of likable character. A madman now, but a likable character in all his interviews. Funny, kind of like ourselves, you know. Mm. Not so much Calvin, but like me. And- <laughs> 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 but um, he texted me then saying, "Can you? Because he's seen us sparring AJ probably, or seen, someone's seen us sparring AJ in his team. Can you come and help us uh, prepare for Otto Wallen?" So flew to Portugal. Um, which is another pinch me moment at the time because I had no idea how big it was going to go for me or how fast it was going to come. So I flew to Portugal, sparring going great, fights coming up, peace fighting in the O2. I was 1-0 at the time. And sparring was crazy hard, but was doing really well. Got some rounds in with Dillian and some other guys in the camp and all of a sudden then they were asking me what my situation was and I was naive, I hadn't a clue, like what are you even asking for, Like, what, you know what I mean, I was just there sparring, doing a job, it's like work, you know what I mean, and the management team approached me about signing with them and I was like, oh well I'm not to sign him with a promoter, I hadn't a clue how it works, you know what I mean, luckily enough I had my uncle Connor Griffin looks after my contracts and that, I hadn't a clue how it works and um, basically needed to get out with the first contract to sign with these guys so um it was a big rig morale for a while. Uh, luckily enough, my trainer Pascal Collins he got me out of contract with the Americans, and I signed with Dylan White as a manager. And since then, my career's skyrocketed. Because whatever intentions I had when I spoke to you was the first time I could never ever have imagined what was going to happen in the first two years. You know what I mean? Really it was like a fast in... track, basically. So so much yeah. like it really was fast tracked You know, I was going to take the long road, build up to twenty and 0 fighting nobodies. Do you know what I mean? But now we're at seven and and0. I haven't fought until the big like where do we even start? McCreer's yeah. been crazy since then.
1: Another tangent as well, you're trying at Pascal
2: is Roddy Collins' little brother. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I was just with Roddy there before I came down here. He said, Tell the lads I was asking for them. Yeah. <laughs> He's a like, ask him to for Yeah. But then, sorry, uh was fighting out a at the O2. Like I had only fought in a small show in Belgium, just needed to get a run out. Then next of all, I'm fighting at the O2 for my second fight on a matchroom card on the undercard of Dillian White. Mm. Couldn't make it up, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, That's stuff a dreams for some people. Just that, just to be on a matchroom card at the O2 in London. Say you fought there on Dillian White's undercard. That was my second fight, you know what I mean?
3: Like It's madness how early that happened.
2: With, Straight away. With Dilliam White. Like, yeah. uh, like you said, you were 1 0 there. Like. 1 0 going into my second fight on a match. I've fought in all matching cards since then. Mm. And what do, what do you
3: think happened there? So, like, you're 1 0, you go over to Dilliam White, you're over in Portugal, you're training, you're They liked what they were saying. That's that. Seen has a bit
2: of potential. White Irish heavyweight, you know yeah. what I mean? Sao Paul. Sao and causing problems all over the gap. Usic was on the rise. They were saying, okay, let's maybe have a look at this guy and see what he can do. And look where we are now. Do you think, Tomo?
1: what really benefits it is the fact that the heavyweight division is probably the most watched active not, what would you say the most sought after division in the world at the minute There's 100%. no the most
2: popular division I, I would say there's boxing and then there's heavyweight boxing they're separate nearly yeah. you yeah. know what I mean but out of all the
1: divisions all the weight classes in boxing the most popular is the heavyweight it's the most always around heavyweight
2: blue ribbon division even when I was amateur to be nobody in the stadium, and then the heavyweights come on. The stadium's packed out. Do you know mm. what I mean? Or else people would always leave if there's no heavyweights on. As soon as that fight is over, they'd leave. But if there's heavyweights on, they'd stick around to watch the big guys knock seven bells out of each other. Mm. That's what it is, you know. Yeah. It's the most money's in heavyweight boxing. The most money's in heavyweight MMA. You know what I mean? It, it, it's it's the truth, you know. Yeah, and it's mad because it's the most popular,
1: but it seems like it's the one that has the least amount of fighters in it.
2: Yeah, it seems that way. It seems that way. Yeah, you know
1: what I mean. You think. In MMA, there's a load of heavyweights knocking around, and it seems like they can. A heavyweight drop out. Remember there a couple of weeks on the UFC, your man bleeding, pulled out before foot and his brother stepped in. Did I see that? No. Oh. It was there. Um, was there a couple of weeks on the UFC. Your man pulled out the day before, and his brother stepped in. Yeah. Heavyweight stepped in, and we got beaten. Yeah. Well, I mean, like heavyweight. Oh, I've seen it. The Simone guys. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah stepped yeah. in. Yeah. Well, like when it comes to boxing, it's like it's like only not well there's obviously more than a handful but like for a, such a popular division
2: yeah, it's not that deep see from but it's, it's very 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 deep but from the outside looking in the media cling on to the same four people same four or five people do you know what I mean yeah. everybody just talks about AJ Fury you know what I mean Usyk barely Usyk to be completely honest everyone yeah. just talked about AJ and Fury the last so many years Klitsch go before that yeah but then you have Wilder's that's in there you had Wilder yeah. as well the Parker's Hop- in there now Parker's up there now but I'm saying they cling on to the same yeah. small few people Andy
1: Ruiz is in there now
2: not anymore you know what I mean he was after he beat Joshua but like he's faded again do you know what I mean but in terms of like media like Andy Ruiz could walk down on Conner Street do you know yeah. what I mean whereas like Joshua can't go anywhere in the world he's one of the most famous people mm. in the world do you know what I mean I think anyways Fury the same you know, the media cling on to certain people that get clicks, to get likes and stuff like that. When uh, Ruiz beat AJ, he was everywhere. It was on every boxing outlet, it was absolutely everywhere. Anyone speaking about boxing I was talking about Ruiz, but not now, you know what I mean? Not so much now. Yes, yeah, so who was he when has he fought last? Was well, he not supposed to be on a Saudi card? Supposed to be, but hasn't been, you know what I mean? Mm. So what you're saying is 100% right. It seems really shallow from the outside but when, when you actually look at it or if you're in the sport you'd see it, it's actually a lot deeper than it seems. Just the media make it seem that way.
3: Oh, I, get, I get what you're saying about the media and the, basically the world of the Joshua the Fury but I actually think the top 10 in the heavyweight division all have huge popularity compared to every other division. There's not absolutely. top 10.
2: Oh guaranteed absolutely yeah. And,
1: and, you know and I can't mean? articulate what I'm trying to say but so like, when cruiserweights are fighting yeah, yeah. Like, oh, it's big. Middleweights' fighting, it's big. Bantamweights, it's big. But when heavyweights' fighting, it's like, right, there's a there's a fight on this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I'm yeah, to say? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
2: Popularly, like. I agree, 100. Like, look at my last fight there on, in the the three arena. It was a heavyweight fight, no belt on the line, and it was on the main card in the three arena. Do you it's know mad, what I mean? It? It's, it's mad the way it goes, you know. And I've only had a couple of fights. I've only had seven fights, you know, mm. six at the time. But your name has grown and grown. Your name has everybody. grown like crazy.
3: Yeah. Talk to, you've mentioned Joshua a couple of times why do you think Joshua gets so much hate? Because he gets a lot of hate. People projecting jealousy. Simple as that. Because to me I don't know the man obviously I'm yeah. just looking from the outside and I never like look at him and think wanker or this or that he comes from humble beginnings
2: he's made a it's he's like one of the nicest people ever meet in your life one of... The, I wish there was something bad I could say about him. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> that, you know, that bastard. But no, there's not. Nicest fella ever. Came from nothing. Made it all. Like I said, so many people have careers because of Joshua. Looks after everybody. Doesn't forget where he comes from. Do you know what I mean? The most mannerly bloke you ever meet in your life. Yeah. People just projecting jealousy. Simple as that. It's cool to hate, like, you know what I mean? It's mm. cool to jump on the bandwagon and hate in anything. You know what I mean? Like, I think look how many haters, um, Fury has as well, you know I mean? Anybody in the public eye, Conor McGregor has, you know, P- like this is the craziest one, Katie Taylor has haters. Mm. Which is mad. Why, why in God's name would Katie Taylor have haters? Mm. You know what I mean? So that just goes to show, that's proven my point, it's easy to jump on the bandwagon and hey, and Irish people are notorious for it. We're the best fans in the world, but when we want to put someone down, we're all in on it, you know what I mean? Do you receive hey? So much. Don't ever look your name up on Twitter and go through the comments <laughs> or YouTube comments you know what I mean but if you have haters you're doing something right you know not hate me cliche you know what I mean haters are my motivators <laughs> you know what I mean because it's not like that but yeah I do have haters 100% you mm. know I mean? but I am genuinely hand on my heart so grateful for the life I'm living right now mm. I'm living the dream I'm living, I've living. i exceeded my dreams already you know what I mean and if I never do another thing in boxing ever again no problem absolutely no problem are you happy with that Tomo someone knocked at the law now and says that's it no problem yeah. absolutely no problem but no one's gonna knock at the door and i'm gonna push this bow out as far as i can you know what i mean genuinely i have done more than i could ever dream of doing in boxing, more than a lot of people could ever dream of doing in boxing. you know what i mean i've had you know i've had so many memories like highlight real memories already in a three-year career i love what i do absolutely love what i do love the memories i've made the people i've met um, I absolutely love what I do, you know what I mean? And if someone did knock, or I got news from the Dr. Thomas, your health, you can't box anymore. I can, you know, be happy with what I've done. But as long as I'm healthy, this is exactly what I'll be doing. Because I genuinely wake up happy every day. I love what I do. And how far do you think you can take it? Is that a ceiling on it? There's no ceiling to it. Absolutely not. I've seen people in boxing like define success, is it financial or you know, is it is an inside gratification thing? What are you doing it for? For me, I'm doing it because I love what I do. I'm a super competitive person, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If I was doing anything, I'd want to be the best at what I'm doing. So I'm not happy being, if I'm not the best, do you know what I mean? You have to be realistic about your goals, but I'm genuinely going to keep pushing this out until the wheels fall off, you know? Yeah. That's That's where I'm at. Mm. I don't know where it's going to take me. Mm. I want to secure my future financially, everything after that. Is a bonus you know that's that, that's where I'm at right now is that your biggest goal is financial security well no it's not my biggest goal but it's the biggest kind of daunting one that's hanging over my head right now who's buying a gaff is this? you mm. know what I mean you need to win the lotto and this is what I'm in it I'm in it to win the lotto to get one of them big paydays for Turkey to ring me and tell me that there's four mil for a fight there <laughs> and then I buy a nice gaff out in Malahoyd and never talk to yous ever again <laughs> <laughs> no but good goal lads yeah. I'm in this to secure a nice future for myself, to be happy and escape with my health because not everybody escapes with their no, health. You know what no. I mean? People don't realise, and we were talking about haters, fighters like should be the most respected people in the world. Some of the most respected people in the world. People die doing what we do. I've seen people, I've been, like I've pissed blood before. Do you know what I mean? I've been on a Ryanair flight having to stay in the I and one keep telling me I'll sit down and, and actually be in, in agonising pain because my kidneys are in bits from getting bleed, body shots off AJ. Do you know what I mean? we should be the most respected people in the world but we're not because as I said it's easy to hate and fighting looks easy on telly Yeah, you know what I mean that's
1: something though Tom so you're 7 and all, you've had 2 fights in the 3 arena big, biggest guys in Irish history and you're like oh like who's buying a gaff and all I don't think people realise how little money there actually is in boxing mm. I think like it's so glamorous and you're on the telly and you're famous and you're fighting these people and you're sparring these people and you're like you're here telling us like Jesus let it's actually hard to try and fucking get a gaff across the line
2: like as you can imagine, yeah, we would just spoke heavyweight boxing, most followed the uh, division in boxing. I'm doing really well in my career at the moment. Couldn't ask for anything better. And still it's hard, lads. It's very hard. You know really, what I mean? Come I, I I always gauge things at Christmas, right? Three years ago, I had no money for Christmas. I had to get a loan off someone. What would I have been? Three years, 25 years of age, yeah? Because I, I don't have a job. You know, I've never had a job. I can't hold down a job. You can't do both. You know what I mean? Three years ago, I had no money. And each year since then, I'm so blessed and grateful that my life has gotten better every year. can get the few Christmas presents and be happy. And every year it's gotten better, tenfold. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And if it keeps going, the trajectory that it's going at the moment, I will buy the gaff forever. I want to buy it. You know yeah. what I mean? That's what I'm in it for. Yeah. You know what I mean? That is what I'm in it for. There's nothing wrong with having a normal job. Absolutely not. And I really commend the people that have normal jobs. But I can't right now. You know what I mean? I wouldn't sleep happy at night. I'd be miserable all the time.
1: Yeah, what I mean is in terms of demanding respect people think that, oh look, it's easy for you with the blah 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 but like, you don't realise like, boxers are out there struggling as well. It's a struggle. You know I mean? Financially, that, I mean, yeah,
2: like, Absolutely it's a struggle. Manage your own finances and stuff like that. It's, a, it's it's so hard. So many outgoings. You know what I mean? People don't realise oh easy, glamorous. I'm coming straight from a sparring session here. I can't see it on my right eye now. It's all blurry. You probably can't see it on telly but all blurry. My head is killing me. You know what I mean? I've marks all over the place. It's a hard life. We're trading brain cells for entertainment. Yeah, everybody sits at home. You know what I mean. Watching your foot. Ah, oh, he's shy. You know what I mean. He's crap. What's he doing there? Do you know what I mean? Very easy to say from ho- from sitting at home watching the telly. So whoever is you know whoever is hating on fires, just think about that next time. Not as easy as it look as it looks. Very easy to hate, but you need the haters. You need you need a balance. You need people talking. You know. I don't mind criticism, either. I don't think criticism. But well, people don't it, just criticize boxers. Yeah, show you get a job. Yeah. you adore this, that, and the other. I've heard uh, them
3: all. But I think I think the the worst critique comes from somebody who's never even tried it. So so for for a fighter to be getting criticism of someone who's never left the couch before, yeah. never stepped into a boxing oh, gym, you,
2: who's never had... Yeah, it, it doesn't hit deep. Like, geez, you'd never hurt my feelings. You know what yeah. I mean? Because I, I heard a great quote before and it's, never take criticism from someone you wouldn't you never take, take a voice, a voice from. from yeah. That's a cracker. you know. Why yeah. would I take a voice from you sitting at home mm. talking about me on Twitter on a fake page? You know what I mean? Just, I, I don't understand it. Take me
3: back another little bit then. What, what entices you then to dream for this life then where do, where does that stem from? because I know earlier on we, we did speak a little bit about where you grew up Yeah, but we never got into there because you know that this is where your path is going Yeah, you know like if I want to be a boxer and I want to make her as a boxer and this is my dream and these are my goals you know what you have to go through to make it there what makes you then go yeah this is what I want to do
2: well to be honest when I started I didn't know what I was getting myself in for you know what I mean I had switched from Gaelic football which I took really serious to boxing didn't know what I was, I was getting myself in for, and it kind of just snowballed from there, to be completely honest. Then I got to a stage where everyone was going out and I had no money because all I was doing was playing sport. That doesn't pay. So I was like, what am I going to do here? Need a job, like, you know what I mean? So I used to have boxing classes to keep a, keep my amateur career going for a while and a little bit of a gym in Castle and Lock. And uh, I was like, I really want to fight, you know, semi-professionally as an amateur, be all in on this, try and make the Olympics. That was the original dream. I was like, oh, I want to go to the Olympics, like Kenny Egan. You know what I mean? That was the thing. So I used to do my boxing classes to kind of keep the dream alive, not have to work a normal job. But then obviously, you know, fast forward to turning pro, I was like, right, I, this is what I really want to do with my life going forward. And like I said, I have no mad story that turned me from, you know, a lad coming from town into this, you know, heartbroken, traumatised for it. No, like I just think that I'm a super, super competitive person. And no matter what I chose to do in my life, I would want to be the best at it. And it just so happens that I chose boxing. So where the drive comes from would be the fact that I need to, now that I've never had a job, you know what I mean? I don't have a job now at the moment. I don't plan on having a job going forward. This is where I need to make the money to buy a house. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Or to live my life going forward secure my family's future. That's where I'm at right now. Why was it appealing though? So you're
3: talking about being on that Ryan earth, and you're pissing blood, the injuries. Why was that appealing
2: though? Because I'm seeing what all the guys at the top have. Different, yeah. different, not that, listen, I'm a very, very simple bloke, to be completely honest, but, you know, they've had everything they ever wanted, you know, and more. And they're still not satisfied, and they're still pushing forward, and then I think that's me, you know? I think that's, I am that person that is never satisfied. I've, As I said previously, I've exceeded all my expectations in sport already, you know, I set the bar fairly low when I started, now. wanted to turn pro, have a couple of fights, you know what I mean? Now I'm seeing where I can push this, where I want to take it to, and... As I said previously, I'm going to keep pushing the boat out. You mentioned the bar was low. Why do you think the bars at the ground so big? Do you
3: think you're at the getting so much better? Do you think the opportunity... I
2: wasn't aware of what could be made through boxing, or, you know, you could secure your life through boxing. I was doing it, just as I said, super competitive, loved it. That's what I wanted to do. I didn't want to work in a building site, so didn't want to work for me dad, you know what I mean? My dad's a roof. I didn't want to be a builder, get a trade, you know what I mean? This is what I chose to do with myself, so, you know, I'm all in on this and this is why I've never done anything else. You know what I mean? And I said to Shannon today, it's really sad that my identity, she was saying if she was pregnant she'd announce it with a, a small pair of uh, baby's boxing gloves. You know what I mean? And I said, it's actually really sad that my whole identity is Thomas Carly the boxer. But, it's what I've chosen to do. Mm. You know? Why, why is it not? I just think it's it's, you know, that's, I think that's a great thing. Exactly. Well, it, 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 you know, it depends how you look at it, but my whole existence I on see this planet. I where am
1: coming from. So if someone took boxing away now, you're a nobody, is what you mean. What do I have? Like, yeah. You know what that, I mean? And that, is that, is, that, not, is like, that not
2: the same for all of us? No. Not really. Like, like if some People diversify a little bit. I As yeah. I said, I am all in on this. Yeah. Do you not
1: remember that time I said it to you, someone made a fake Tinder about me and I was like, in the bio, it says, I talk bollocks for a living and I was like, First of all, I'd never say that. And if I was out to announce myself on Tinder, I wouldn't put that in your boy. I was like, if that's all you have to offer, you'd want to go back to the drawing board. Do you It'd be know the what I mean? Entirely
3: first thing I put in the boy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so
3: but there's Straight more.
2: Right <laughs> the I dog bollocks. <laughs> do you not think there's more to you than the podcast?
3: I, I would say it is my identity now though. And do you think I think. Yeah, I
2: would. Yeah, do. I'm. I'm too far in now to. say but, I might go back and play table tennis or something no lads as I said you don't
1: introduce yourself as tennis to podcast at all and
3: I don't if people ask me where I walk at I'm always like stuttery and because yeah. it actually is my job so yeah. like, but like, what you know there's more at I'm like I do like a radio kind of thing where I and I'll get mad off I'm the same
2: it. I used to I used to think like when I started boxing like you don't make any money at this you know what I mean Um you know, boxers are rough, this, that, and all the stereotypes. And I used to be kind of a little bit embarrassed. You know, people say, what do you do? You know, I, I wasn't getting paid. I didn't have a job. So I used to just, I don't know, just can't try and avoid the question. Yeah. I wasn't too proud of the fact that I'm a boxer, you know what I mean? But now today, even though I said it's sad that my whole identity is a boxer, I'm so proud of myself. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I'm genuinely proud. I don't need anybody to tell me you're doing great at this, that, and I know myself how bad it could have been, you know, and where I'm at and what I could potentially do. And likewise to yourselves. Mm. Yeah, I don't think you just realise, lads, and I'm only kind of realising now, I'm 28 now, and I'm only realising now that we are who the kids are looking up to. Do you know, I mean? especially in town. You, you don't know the influence you have had on so many people. I don't know. The odd time I get a couple of messages and stuff like that in the DM from kids, and when I'm out at all these press conferences, everybody asks me for pictures. It's only then you say to yourself, massive influence. I'm doing something. Though. Very, very, very important. You know what mm. I mean, that we have more because po- everything you look at online is someone dying, bad news, this, that and other. it's always bad. You mm. know what I mean? I don't think there's enough positive content out there. I don't think there's enough positive people and they should be celebrated more, especially our own. You know what I mean? 100%. Mm. No, I don't think that is a a bad thing to be
3: known as Thomas. Do you know, like for you, even before you turned pro, everybody, when I would
2: have spoken to them about you, would have said, yeah, Thomas Cartley, the boxer. Do you so get what I mean? Going, yes. A long point. So, what I'm saying, what Calvin said, you know, if they took boxing away from me tomorrow, what would you be now? What would have.
1: No, but I don't the mean that. man
2: that like, does the is and the ice yeah, bats? Yeah, no. But, <laughs> I <mean>. but
3: again, <laughs> I think that's a, another great fucking thing. Yeah. I don't mean
1: it as in, like, that's all you want. I'm saying, what I'm saying is, I relate to how you see that as, like, oh, fuck, like, this is.
2: Yeah, we're deep in here.
1: You're deep, but you're, what you're saying is, there's more layers to you than just this thing that's on the surface. And that yeah. you're saying, if that's gone. You're not gone. There's more yeah. to you, and that's why you think that's sad. That if she was to out to pregnancy, it'd be boxing gloves. Yeah, yeah, you'd be like, "Well, I'm more than just that." Yeah, and yeah, that's what I mean. And I know deep down, you probably can't see it from the outside. Now there's a lot more to you, and you know there's a lot more to you than the fellow does the podcast. Otherwise, you'd be singing it from the rooftops. I do the podcast. You know, when mm. someone asks you what do you do, like you're awkward for a reason because you're like, "Well, I do more than just this." Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I'm
3: trying to or say. I, yeah. I, I I would nearly put that down to imposter syndrome.
1: Probably is then. Maybe it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but, that's, I like the fact that people are look, like, we're looking at it this way, because, there's Aaron says, I'm going off, <laughs> if you got to take his pill. <laughs> 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 no, but you know, uh, there's more to it than just that, that's your whole identity, yeah. because it's so fragile, and especially in boxing, like, do you know what I mean? You are one fucking cut away from probably having to retire, yeah. in some circumstances, do you know yeah. what I mean? So like, it could all be gone like that, so yeah, that's I get what you're saying, Tomo.
3: You mentioned there a couple of minutes ago as well about seeing these boxers at the top level having the life. And I know you mentioned it earlier as well that you didn't have this traumatic childhood and whatever that a lot of boxers do. But now they're living this life, and it's only when you get into boxing you're seeing the opportunities that you can get from it.
2: Yeah.
3: We're not in boxing, and we know, I'm speaking for Calvin as well, because we spoke about it numerous times, that maybe 1% of boxers will have that life. Mm. Yeah. Not every boxer will. What made you think? and makes you think you're going to be that 1%, or you're going to make it near there to have that luxurious
2: life. It's not a luxurious life you're looking for, but financial stability. Just financial freedom, isn't it, going forward? That's what we're all looking for, really, you know what I mean? And to be be happy in what you're doing. But um, what makes me think that I can achieve that? Yeah. Well, you know, I'd like to class myself as, I wouldn't say intelligent, you know, because I'm a boxer, I'm an idiot for doing that in the first place, so (laughs) I wouldn't say intelligent, but I'd like to class myself as very clever, and if I didn't think I would be able to make a career out of this and get what I want out of boxing, lads, I wouldn't be doing it. Mm. Genuinely, I'd just get a job, I'd settle, no problem. Thomas, you tried, wasn't good enough. If I didn't think I could do it, lads, I'd, happily. But I know how far I can push it out. I know I can definitely make a living out of this, definitely secure my future. You know what I mean? Uh, and as I said, to keep pushing the boundary, keep pushing the bar. Um, exceeding my expectations like I have done numerous times before and um, and that's the plan that is the plan if yep. I didn't think I could do it lads just to go back to your question if I didn't think I could do it I'd have the job already no problem Yeah. like I said there's no shame in it I'd just say right call it a day Thomas you've done enough not good enough do you know what I mean simple as that you need to be real and have a conversation with yourself sometimes if I didn't think I could wouldn't be doing it simple as that Now what I would say is oh, I
3: sp- I know you on a personal level, regardless of the podcast and yeah, yeah. all this sort of stuff. Here we know each other all, all of our lives. I speak to you outside of all this, so when I'm speaking to you, I see it in you you definitely do have this drive and determination, and that you you I feel like you know you're gonna make it here. When do you f- like? When does that happen that you
2: realize that you can do that? Like when does it happen? Yeah, good question. When does it happen? It's kind of hard to answer that. But what I will say is a personality trait of mine and it's probably a negative one some people might say as a negative I see it as a positive is I'll decide something in my head that's completely unattainable you know what I mean at the time and I, I just don't lose faith and keep pushing until I get there do you know what mm. I mean that's, that's a personal, personality trait of mine I think I can do everything You know what I mean? Now, obviously, I can't like you know what I mean, but within reason. But I don't think there's much that I can't do if I put my mind to it. You know, I have a a really, really, really good mindset at the moment. You know, Mm. and I have done for the last year. I've been working with a sports psychologist, uh, Alan Harry, and there's not much I can't do. Even prior to working with the psychologist, you know, if I really want to do something, I have done so within reason. You know, being realistic about it. Like you're not a fan of manifestation at all. No, you know what I mean. Neither am I. I'm very, very, very real, but I do believe there is something in saying your goals putting them out there you know what I mean
1: Mm. yeah obviously Uh, but that's just direction uh, no 100% I'm not saying it's not I agree with you absolutely I don't understand why it has to have an early 30 tag to it but I like the fact that you're talking about having a sports psychologist because I think there's a lot of ego out there, especially in boxing. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And people like to have minimal amount of input from the outside because it's like, it's all me. I'm here. It's me. I want Even I all. realize Yeah, you need a corner, man. And yeah. pe- a lot of people do back their team and get them in when they when they win and they a team photos. But it's a lot more than that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Your nutritionist is not in the corner with you. Yeah. Your PT is not in the corner with you. And then your sports psychologist like is not in the corner. No. What's that like? Because I've said that to a couple of people. like do You know what I mean? Some people that going to need a bit of redirection in their life, being put on a new track and like, go, you can go again. Go see a sports psychologist and a lot of people are like, nah, not for me and I'm like. Yeah.
2: As I said, I class myself as being quite clever, you know what I mean? Not intelligent, clever. And a lot of people go in search of these extra members of their team once something goes wrong. You know, once they lose, get knocked out, something happens. I said, no, I'm going to go the complete reverse and I'm going to go get them now and try and push forward with them from now. So. I've been working with Alan since before the May fight. You know what I mean. And sports psychology is nuts, absolutely nuts. He is, I'd love him. He'd actually be a good guest. Um so what we do is we go in first session. Now it's quite expensive. You know what I mean. first session that I did with him, he explained why the body reacts certain ways before a fight. Before a fight, you know what I mean. You probably heard Fury talk about before. I've even talked about before. You'd be fight week and you'd be driving inside like, oh, how will I get out of this fight on Friday I really don't want to fight this week can't fight this week I'm absolutely bricking it you know what I mean everybody's the same Tyson said it everybody's the same you come up with every excuse under the sun saying oh, if I had a little crash now I could get away with not fighting you know what I mean if I just do one, one or two flips in the car I could get away when I'm fighting. That's what goes through your head. You know what I mean. Fury was the same. Fury said, "I might crashed this Ferrari before the clits go. <laughs> it's nuts." But um, he explains why the body reacts the way it does, and even have just having that explanation was worth the money alone. Because when you understand something, you know what I mean. You can kind of combat it a bit better in your head. When you when you get the jitters, you know what I mean. You can kind of say, "Right, well, that's happened because it is. That's fine. All under control." You know what I mean. And um, then we do some visualization. So basically. What you've probably seen on telly, you lie down on the chair, close your eyes and your man talks you. But what we did before May 20th was, is we walked through fight night from packing your bag that morning, going to the arena, warming up, walking to the ring, fighting. We spoke about it and walked through it 30 times. And then we I, like I had about 30 sessions with him, each recording, I listened back to it. So I, in my head, I'd been to the tree arena 100 times before I got there mm-hmm. on May 20th, you know what I mean? Nuts, lads, absolutely nuts. How much would you
1: attribute that to success?
2: They say boxing is 90% mental and 10% physical. Like, it doesn't feel like it right now because I'm broke up, but it's very, very true. Like You need to have a bulletproof mindset and there's so much crap online at the moment about lads. Like I love David Goggins, you know what I mean? But David Goggins appeals to the 1%, the people that are looking to do something absolutely out of the ordinary when you know, a lot of people are just ordinary. No problem with that. So there's a lot of crap online, but I would attribute the mental side of sport definitely the majority stake in a win, you know what I mean? Like a fight can be lost before you even walk out to the ring, you know what I mean? A fight can be lost a week of a fight, you know, th- that's just uh, a formality getting into the ring itself.
1: Yeah, I'd love to get a sports psychologist as in somebody who's, that's that niche, that's that bread and butter, like from talking to Jerry, do you know what I mean? Jerry Hussey, yeah, amazing. But like how, how you can motivate somebody to go out and fucking run through a wall do you know what I mean? The
2: mind, is, the, mind, the mind is so, what would you say, easily influenced by both positive and negative. You know mm. what I mean? And more so negative. Like if you're hanging around someone and I'm a big advocate of this, anyone that knows me, I'm a huge advocate. And it, it, it may be a slight problem, but I try and avoid my problems until they blow up. You know what I mean? But I would always try and stay positive. And I would attribute that, that to a, a lot of my success as well. I always see the positive in the situation and I hate negativity. Even though sometimes it's necessary, you know, life's not all sunshine and rainbows. It's really not, you know, cliche, but it's really not. But I try and stay positive all the time. And you know, when you're around someone negative and they're giving out and life is hard because it's hard, we all know it's hard. It's so infectious Mm -hmm. and then you feel terrible and it's doom and gloom and big, grey clouds, you know what I mean? So you're so easily influenced by positivity and negativity, more so negativity. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I would say.
1: See, the handy thing is that you're so early in your career.
0: Ten
1: you 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 points, we can actually nearly talk Get through every fight. So, yeah. then the last one was the second fight. Yeah. It was the Dylan White one. Yeah. Next is Train. and all. What's that
2: one? 3 is Nottingham. Mick fight. Michael Connolly and Lee Wood. Yeah. Nuts. That's, that's third fight. So that's almost a year in then your third fight then. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Which is probably a bit slow then, considering starting off some people have like four in a year, wouldn't they? Four or five in a year sometimes. Did yeah, something f- happen, didn't it? There was a lot of it, wasn't it, it?
2: It's crazy. Fights fall through all the time. It, yeah. it was uh, just coming out the far end of the COVID, so fights are falling through all the time. It was
1: and, March twenty-two was it yeah? yeah you were at it I was
2: at it yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so
1: that would have been my you were my sitting tor- beside me you tick I was yeah when when you come out of your fight obviously you come
2: up your sitting beside very true very yeah. true I remember giving you a big yeah. hug yeah, yeah.
1: well it wasn't before the fight <laughs> <laughs> in the <laughs> corner
3: like, no, like yeah no I forgot yeah, about it no I forgot but
2: know. that was my third fight yeah mm. which is crazy that was one of the best nights of my life yeah what a, you know what what I mean? a fucking show what a show yeah. what a night that was one of the best nights of my life I met Lee Wood last week was chatting about it um, what a night yeah for the Irish, you know what I mean? Unfortunately, what happened with Mick? Because Mick's a legend. I love Mick, you yeah. know what I mean? But what a night. Like I said, I've made memories for life. The crew we had over in Nottingham, mm. you know what I mean? We're the last ones awake at the whole city. <laughs> the people from Dorset Street, I'm telling you, they're the last people drinking in the whole city of Nottingham.
1: I remember that cause Yeah,
2: you had that pub booked for after it. The Irish pub.
1: Yeah, and we went out and we we're like, oh, that pub is down where we're staying. So we went out into the town. And when we finished up in town, when we got the taxi back and that pub
2: was hopping because we drove past it. I remember mm. thinking we should have just fucking went there. But Mad, hopping. Hopping, yeah. Place was hopping. Crazy. So, 4 0 happens then. I can't actually remember 4 now.
1: What? Well, go, go back to the train you now because that was a big card. That was the biggest. Massive well, card? Probably, no. It wouldn't have been. A, yeah, probably would be bigger. That was a, probably a bigger card than the Lumwey card.
2: Oh, yeah, it would have been. Yeah, it was definitely a step up. Yeah. 100%. So, it was a big Irish weekend with me, Gary Cully, Kevin. and. There was Mick, um, someone else. The girls were fighting on it as well.
1: I remember bumping into people from like Sligo in the toilets.
2: Crazy. You know,
1: and I was like, Jesus, like, do you know, there's a lot of people from Belfast there. We get that, a lot of people from Dublin there. We get that, yeah. and they like, we're from Sligo. We come really out. Really
2: diverse Irish like, crowd. Oh, they're yeah, from hell. everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mick brings the crowds, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mick has diehard followers. But yeah, we had that show. You, um, were, you
1: were like the first card, or first fighting the main card that night.
2: No, I wasn't on the main card, It was on the prelims. Was it a prelims? Yeah, it was on was the it? prelims, but um that was a great fight you know what I mean the guy was an absolute animal that I fought yeah. that time it was nearly bad matchmaking to be completely honest <laughs> yeah. but I busted him up with the jab thank God and uh, that was some buzz lads I'm not going to lie because that was my first time because the first uh, matchroom card that I fought on 2-0 was really short notice London is crazy expensive wasn't that many people at my second fight you know what I mean so there's a crew at Nottingham and I remember, <laughs> I remember the ref waved it off I jumped up on the ropes and seeing all the lads losing the plot absolutely losing the plot you know Darren McLaughlin and all the lads are in the crowd going nuts <laughs> like they always do you know what I mean but that was deadly after party, and you know, all was great 4-0 uh, oh, I can't remember can I take it on my phone yeah yeah because yeah. I, I can literally, I can recall every you night know, I just can't recall the order what was that right I have 4-0 oh here then. Right. so 4-0 oh is uh, November 22 I fought in Wembley Stadium then do you know what I mean which is crazy so I fought the O2 I fought in the O2 mm. then I fought Nottingham Motor Point Arena mm. and then I fought in uh, Wembley Stadium which was another Dillian White undercard mm. so like that another crew came over to London for that one Wembley Stadium and uh, I fought a Ukrainian guy who was actually really good as well and um, that fight ended in knockout I ended up knocking that was probably one of my best knockouts so far and um, the guy was coming on strong. Now, I won every round, I think, up until then, but the guy was coming on strong. And I was like, right, this is going to get spicy now in the last two rounds. And he, he walked on to a big, massive left hand. Thank God. <laughs> Thank yeah. God. But um, that was number four. Number five, then I had an- another little quick turnaround, takeover fight in York Hall. So that fight was in York Hall. Uh, your man only lasted a round in that one. Um, I just needed a run out before because we had already been scheduled to fight the first Katie Taylor card, which was 6 and out. So, first Katie Taylor card was 6-0. and That was a great fight week. I think you always got Eddie on that week. That was that week, yeah. That yeah. was that week. That was a great fight week. Uh, but
3: tell us about getting the card for that week. Like, what's that like when, when, when it's confirmed that you're fighting on that card? Because
1: every Irish professional boxer ever yeah. is calling to ground on that card.
2: you so I haven't fought in years while calling to ground that card. I always said, you know, Shannon can vouch for this, I always said when Katie comes to Dublin, at the time, because I, I was quite relevant at the time, when, it, when it, she comes to Dublin, I'm on the card. Eddie loves me, you know what I mean. The lads all get behind me. Uh, Matcham really liked me, and um, I said it's it, without a doubt, I'll be on it. And it was never in doubt. The card was created with me on it from the very beginning. To be completely honest, they called me, said Thomas, we want you to fight in the card. No problem. We Want you to fight um, for a Celtic title or an Irish title. We tried to get the Irish title to fight. Nobody wanted to fight me. Genuinely, nobody wanted to fight. You wouldn't believe the amount of people that turned it down. Tried to get the Irish title. Nobody wanted to fight me. No problem. Then we said right. Celtic title is the next best thing. It's Celtic title is actually better than the Irish, but Irish has more of a history because Fury was the last person to hold it. So they said Thomas, we want you wanted to fight for Celtic title against Jay McFarlane, no problem. So as soon as he got the call, he started the shit straight away. That was quite a funny build. He Shown, was calling the yeah. yeah, he was calling me out from the very beginning. You know what I mean? He was calling me out crazy. I remember sitting in Brown's in uh, in Blanchetown, and he put up a picture. A Video of himself talking, and I kind of had just because people were turning down the fight left, right, and center. I was like, Oh, this guy must have accepted. So that was a really interesting build up up until then. I probably hadn't fought anyone that spoke English, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, first time fighting somebody that spoke English, the build up was great. He talked a lot of shit, and uh, I think he brought out the best of me to be completely honest because the knockout was spectacular. Lads, so you, you know? mentioned
3: the other knockout there a the minute ago, and I was thinking straight
2: away, this. That oh, was the best, the best one. That was the best one by far, especially what was in it. And what a time to do it! What a time to do it! You know, it, it was the biggest card that we've had in Ireland ever. You yeah. know what I mean? And it was just kicking off. Uh, on the morning, Terry Harper was to fight somebody, something happened, someone got sick, yeah, pulled out, and like Thomas Shaft had been put on the main card. And the day before, the way like we were, you know, giving each other shit all week, and I wasn't really buying into it a bit, not one bit. Because I was like, right, this is just a fight. As I said, super competitive. I don't really get caught up in that shit. I have no shit talking. I just talk truth. Like, yeah. And it's like, this guy is fat, out of shape. State of him. If he beats me, I'm out. He should never beat me. Do you know what I mean? That's just what I thought in my head. Really simple equation. State of this fella, never going to beat me. Talking shit all week. He's, you know. Big burger I had on him. I couldn't. Couldn't even get into it. Because if I, if I, lo- I just lose it, you know what I mean? But then he was starting to get under my skin and I'm trying to think of some of the things he was saying. He was really getting to me then, you know what I mean? I can't remember what he was saying Cup Price Jewelers gave me a chair and he's like you like missed a tee off wish you are to stay you know I was like, I was like he's kind of getting to me a bit but um, he
1: did his homework though because he came in the Rovers jersey You know,
2: he came in the Rovers yeah. jersey and kind of rallying support from Rovers fans and stuff like that yeah he did his homework you know I mean, yeah. it's all he did because he did no training by the looks of it <laughs>
1: he did the 5k that morning with
2: my yeah I, I heard that so he was just yeah. looking to bleed the media for what it was yeah. and I was like this fella's going to get a bad going over if he keeps going the way he's going do you know what I mean? So, um, at the face off, before the face off happened, I was like, when I say he was getting under my skin, he wasn't really. Before the face off, I was like, right, I'm going to let on here that he's, I'm just going to blow a gasket and push him and all that sort of stuff. But I had already pre planned it, said it to my manager, I said it to Pascal, I was like, right, I'm going to cause a bit of trouble here, let him think that he's had to get into my head. But he really didn't. Yeah. So, went up for the face off, weighed in, faced off. I said, but then I said, right, just going to push him. You know what I mean? So, I pushed him, all kicked off. Everybody loved it blew up and that's why we were elevated to the main card because there was a bit of bit of needle there, you know yeah. what I mean? And then on fight night, um I was supremely confident. I do the work, you know what I mean? I'm, one thing about me is I've great work ethic. I do the work. I don't cut any corners. That's just the person, my personality. So I had no real nerves before the fight. Uh fight came around and ended the way it did. I'll never forget it, lads, knocking him out and then jumping on the ropes looking into that crowd. In comparison from Nottingham. Yeah, you know at six o'clock with just a couple of orders there to that crowd that crowd is nuts lads
3: i remember Absolutely. speaking to you after that, and i was
2: like your stocks have just shot up. through the roof yeah through the roof which is lads you know i put myself in these positions yeah it's all coming good for me and at the same time in a row do you know what i mean so that night was crazy you know unfortunately katie lost that night gary lost um Just unfortunately, that's boxing. Shit happens. Do you know what I mean? They both came back amazingly. You know what I mean? Look at them. But on that night, um, a lot of people are saying, oh, Thomas, you stole the show, this, that and the other, which was great. We had a great time after that one. That was a mad one. We went to Crystal after that party. (laughs) That was a mad one. And um, that brings us then to, did I have a fight in between? From between May? I don't think so. No. I had the one in November then. I had the one in November, which was the Katie Rematch and this time on the main card. And... Once again, everybody turning down the fight. I wanted to fight for an Irish this time or a Celtic and wanted to fight someone with a good record, you know what I mean? And this guy, Dan Garber, accepted then for seven, for, for fight number seven. He accepted, which was great. We looked at him, you know what I mean? He had a couple of knockouts, a good record, five and one, had only lost once and said, Right, we get him in. And he didn't do as much talking as your man Jay, you now, in fairness, but uh. That fight, that fight was a weird one. So basically I sparred the whole camp for that fight, uh, expecting a, a shootout, you know what I mean? Expecting which is the most entertaining way to do it. In fairness, your man Jay, he didn't run or hold, he had a shootout. Crowd loved it. You know, and we both threw back and forth. Your man Dan that I fought for fight number seven. He survived. It's crazy. So I always hear people saying in boxing, there's a lot of learning to be done, but I always hear people saying, um, it's very hard to fight to knock a fighter out that doesn't want to be knocked out which it is because you can just you know you see the journeyman. they have like 120 fights and only have them knocked out once because you can just run hold, grab, spoil spoil is a big word out there they can just spoil a whole fight so this guy in all his previous fights and the footage that we've seen was coming forward throwing bombs he's 6 foot 6 great shape you know what I mean he was throwing bombs I was like this is going to be entertaining you know what I mean I know it's sparring for that fight with people coming forward so Johnny Walker coming forward so um, throwing bombs I was on fire in, in training you know what I mean and fight night comes around he's giving it the big talk all week um, saying I only fight journeyman this that and the other I said right fair enough you can, I can only fight who they put in front of me I don't pick them do you know what I mean which is what people don't realise I want to fight good opponents and uh, fight now comes around and he just ran for the whole fight the whole fight, we practiced overhand left because judging off his previous fights, he, tr- he used to throw a big, uh, he was a southpaw as well, he used a big jab all the time. I said, I'm going to come over the jab. He never threw the jab once. I'd say it could count on two hands how many punches you threw in the whole fight, but you need to learn to deal with these guys. And Dillian White, my manager after the fight, said, said it right and said it well. He said, nobody needs to stand there and take power punches off you, which is very, very true. You know yeah. what I mean? They are not they don't have to stand there and have a fight, which they can do whatever they want. Mm. Fight. You know what I mean? Yeah, you he had no chance of winning. I,
1: you have to adapt.
2: To yeah, it. he had no chance of winning, but it's up to me to get him out of there. And I got him out of there in the end, and that's all that matters. Mm. Yeah. Looking back, not a knockout, roll on the next yeah,
1: one. Yeah, I think spoil was a good word there. That's goes what it was, it was. Spoiler. Yeah, it was. You know built mean? up to, to be a blade and a slog fest and it wasn't, there yeah. No,
2: I was there all night. He didn't, just
1: survived, yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, fair credit to him, like you know what I mean. He came in, he bleed, and held on as long as possible.
2: Yeah, held on, held on as long as possible. But it, it all depends, like, what's your intentions coming in fighting? Does he want to fight or just survive and get another payday? You know what I mean? Mm. Don't, don't give it a big talk at a press conference, he's just going to run on. me. Like. well, it's also a big opportunity for someone like him who's five and one. If he, if he knocks you out, yeah, that's what and he that said, way. he could change his life. Yeah, yeah, he he would a have been on the next nice episode. fella, yeah. very, very nice fella. He said it to me, he said, I'm just doing this. He's a couple of young boys in England, uh, kids, full custody of his kids, fair play to him, really nice fella shout out to Dan Garber um, but I'm a big man of the people and the fans and I want to give fans value for money because the tickets are crazy expensive yeah. I want to shout out blood and guts that's what I want all that, that was time.
1: nearly an Irish total fight wasn't it his nanny not Irish was some sort of something Irish like that if I hadn't like,
2: known that we could have got it on that was nearly because yeah. yeah. I
1: remember that was brought up it was like the day before so yeah. it was too late that I was, was like, like
2: he could have actually got the Irish total put on. Yeah, we might rematch. <laughs> and yeah. Got for
0: the Irish, <laughs>
2: but nobody's paying to see that again. Anyway, yeah, so if I fought him hard. again, he's gone in sixty seconds. Sorry, Dan, if you're listening.
3: <laughs> Come here, talk to us. You mentioned Johnny Walker there. You have a great relationship with Johnny now.
2: How are you keeping? I'm Darren Conway.
0: And I'm Amy.
2: Yeah, that's uh, Amy, my fiance,
0: And we're getting married.
2: And we're starting a new podcast with go out called The Conways, where we talk about our journey into the world of weddings.
0: Things like The Proposal. He had red Christmas pyjamas on with an off-face bubble jacket and a pair of slippers. slippers. <laughs> <laughs> don't even like... With the backs on
2: them. <laughs> I don't like yeah. the ones without the backs on them, the slippers.
0: <laughs> and he stood there and he went pale white and just... I was like, what? And you were like, do you not know and I said no and then I looked around You, I just stand there with a black box didn't even ask me and I just, I just said, went yeah went like that will you the cake don't need a cake you do need a cake
2: do we need a cake yeah just get a Black Forest Gatto
0: I don't or something or Thunders Thunders yeah no need a cake get yeah, a Black Forest Gatto and just put two toys on it or something the dress are you going to cry you always ask me am I going to cry I know but because I want you to cry what do I always say to you Yeah, I understand, right? And I know you're going to say it again, it's not a film. But you love me, don't you love me?
2: (laughs) Well, I might, yeah, obviously I do. Yeah, are you
0: going to cry when you see me in a big white dress? Could be black, could be red, who knows?
2: Stormtroopers? No. Maybe even Stormtroopers? No. New episodes of the Conways are out each Tuesday.
0: Listen for us on Go Loud or wherever you get your podcasts. Go Down, Go Down,
2: Go Down. Me and Johnny didn't see eye to eye in the beginning to be completely <laughs> honest. Yeah. No, I'm going to say how it is. Yeah. I was like, UFC star and stuff and I was like, this is my, my gym, you know what I mean? Who do you yeah. think you are coming into my gym? But now, but what happened in the end was Pascal started training them, we sparred all the time and you gain respect for someone that gets in there and you're knocking the crap out of each other. You know yeah. what I mean? You do. You, you gain, you have to respect them because they're in there, they're hanging with you, you know what I mean? They're throwing back give me a bleeding headaches going home and stuff like that you have to respect them so uh, me and johnny now i said it before we've like a relationship forged in violence fully because apart from fighting we wouldn't know each other you know what i mean and now i love the guy to be completely honest i was at his last fight done his corner for his last fight he's walked me out for the two katie taylor fights which i didn't even know was happening you know what i mean which is great what was it like going over there for that to vegas Mm. ah vegas was quiet
1: yeah,
2: that's how it. Yeah, Vegas, Vegas.
1: <laughs> Vegas was quiet. No, what man. was it like just being at
2: the UFC? Oh, being at the UFC, it's crazy. Because you were in the PI as well, weren't you? I was training the PI. Um, PI is amazing, lads. Uh, you've probably seen Eddie was there a couple of weeks ago and couldn't believe it. It's without a doubt the best gym in the world. And it's crazy to think what can be done through, you know, the UFC are really leading the way, aren't they? You know what I mean? Look yeah. what they've done. Just an application. Oh on. my God, lads. You just wouldn't believe the gyms, you know what I mean? If you're in the gyms, if, you, if you're, you know your stuff and you're into James you'll know why this is number one in the world. Everything is the top brand. Everything is UFC branded. You know what I mean? They have the best recovery stuff, the best training stuff, the best bags, the best octagons, the best rings, the best everything. They have like a 50-seater room to watch the main ring and They all have offices there. They have a shop there, a cafeteria. Like lads, it's crazy. Absolutely nuts. Mm, and they've a few of them, They
1: only opened the new one there in Mexico.
2: But I think the one in Vegas though is like the main one. Yeah,
1: I think that's yeah, one in Nuts. They've a few. Yeah. Because you know that they own the ground talent.
2: Yeah. That's what they own the ground talent. Hundred percent. Do you know what I mean? So At, what, me and Johnny were talking, like if you're living there in Vegas, training there every day, eating there every day, how can you not be the best in the world? UFC is full of freaks, by the way. Yeah. They're all freaks fighting freaks, you know what I mean? If you've seen them in person, like they're all the fittest, the fastest, the strongest, you know what I mean? Yeah. I respect all the UFC fighters.
1: Was that like an eye-opener for you, Tomo?
2: Yeah, like, it was because I didn't follow the sport so much. <laughs> I don't follow football at all, right? But I, I support my local team, of sport Bows, and I love individuals, do you know what I mean, Be- for, for what they do in sports. So I have an awful lot of respect for individuals. I don't really follow MMA, but I love some of the individuals for what they've done. But having been there and seeing what the UFC is about and seeing the guys trying to make it like I was talking to a couple of fellas on the come-up, a couple of heavyweights on the come-up, it's it's really amazing lads, they're fighting killers every week. Yeah. No bad fighters in the UFC, do you know what yeah. I mean? Very easy to say, oh he's crapper, he's crap. He might not be as good as the best guys, but they're all freaks.
1: Mm, and there's no
2: hand-picking fights either. No hand-picking fights, you do what Dana says, yeah. yeah. you know what I mean? Which is bad, but great at the same time, great for entertainment. He yeah. puts the best fights on, doesn't keep people apart, No. you know what I mean?
1: You're actually a bit spoiled now when you think about it, like you've been in the Nottingham card, the two Taylor cards, you've been at when, corner. Wembley you've
2: been, Arena, Wembley O2. Arena.
1: Been in the corner of the UFC as well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean?
2: I've seen it all, lads. I've seen it yeah. all. You know what I mean? And you're only starting. And I'm only starting. Yeah, only starting. Now I would have been there at the biggest fight ever. I was sparring Fury for the biggest fight in history. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's crazy. I came back from Vegas. I had sparred him before Christmas. Gone for a couple of weeks and started camp. And then we were chatting away. I was like, Oh, probably, will he probably or won't he bring me to Saudi? Is he happy with the work? You know what I mean? Like when you're sparring lads and you're crap, they send you home. I've seen it happen. Do you know what I mean? If you're not good enough to be there, there's no punch bags. Because yeah. when you think about it, they're the best in the world. Yeah, they don't, don't, care they don't need don't, it. You yeah, know what I mean? So they send you home. So I was there. I was like, oh, I'd love to go to Saudi. You know what I mean? I'd love to go to that fight. Biggest fight ever. So I was like, he. They were kind of management was asking me, what's your plan? I said, well, I'm going to Johnny's fight for the first two weeks in Vegas of January. And uh, when I get back, I'm free. You know what I mean?
1: I'm, Big hint. I'm, Not, fr- nothing I'm happening. I'm
2: free. <laughs> I heard nothing. You know what I mean? I came back. I just had to come back from Vegas. I was wrecked. I just wanted to train for my next fight and I hadn't been in the gym because I'd been in Markham before Christmas, Sparring Fury. Then I came back for one week. Actually, it was about five days and then I was off to Vegas. Christmas, I came back. Damien Dempsey gig, Christmas Day, Stevens Day, one or two days more. I think it was five days in total and then I was off to Vegas. And um, I was like, I just want to come home, get the head together, get, get the head back down training. And it's mad, lads. I was lying in bed and I was like, oh just wish I was in Saudi yeah I wish I was in Saudi and this is crazy I'm going to give you an exclusive there we go love one of these so uh, I got a message off Tyson Fury on Friday the 19th of January I just come back hey pal hope you're good can you come help me in Saudi for three weeks like if the heavyweight champion of the world is texting you uh, 6 o'clock on a Friday evening you know what I mean obviously think uh, just judging off time he was finished sparring over there you're doing something right, you know what I mean? If the heavyweight champion of the world is texting you that. Start another pinch me moment right there. That's crazy. Like, yeah, I've had a few texts off him. Like I remember one time I I, I had a key off one of his cars and went to the airport, and he's like, Oh you fucking need just Give me the key back, you know what I mean? I had a couple of messages <laughs> off him, but yeah, it's mad to think Tyson Fury be texting him. But to get that message after coming back from Saudi or from Vegas, he's trying for the biggest fight ever. And to get that text, like, that goes to show you lads why I think. I can do what I say I'm going to do or going to secure my future. That's one of the moments where, where it validates me. Yeah. You know what I mean? It validates what I'm doing. Fury wants you to so say, you must be doing something. You know what I mean? Right. Because you could text anyone in the world. Money's no object at that level. Mm. That's, anybody in the world they could have. You know what I mean? That's exactly what I was going to say. It does, it just completely validates. Yeah. And then to come home then obviously I sparred him the day that he got cut I was actually the first person sparring him that day you weren't and the, the one that before. cut him though just putting I right. wasn't the one that cut him <laughs> <thanks> <laughs> God <laughs> 100 million down the swanny but probably more but no thank God it wasn't me but um, obviously sparring the day he got cut out there then after that I was like right lads home time You know, there's nothing else to do he's cut bad you know what I mean? came home and then so I got a phone call off AJ's manager can he come to England next week to spar AJ once again, validates we must be doing something right. lads, you know what I mean. As I said, mm. they could at that level, they can have anybody in the world.
3: Yeah, and not only that, especially with those, they're not looking at you fighting or looking at some
2: of your fights and basing it off that. They're basing it off previous experience. Previous you... experience yeah. and word goes around very fast. You know, he's crap or he's good or he gives good rounds. He doesn't give good rounds. You know what I mean? Because like they could text anybody. Mm. You know, and uh, once again, they got me over for the f- like Fury called me back in. Numerous times, AJ has sparred for the first two Usyk fights. He's got me back in numerous times. There's a lot of left-handed heavyweights that could ask over. Yeah, but they asked me.
1: Then you know fast saw I mean? a couple of weeks. Terence Powell rings it to come back in for part two, and Terence asked me to come back in for
2: part two. Lads, <laughs> life is coming full
1: circle here.
0: You <laughs> know, what I mean?
2: we've really made it now. <laughs> <laughs> right, we're coming to
1: the end, then, are we? I shouldn't have done a podcast today. I am. Well, I come into him and I was trying to tell him the story. I said, "You want to see what happened to me after eight o'clock?"
2: <laughs> I'm in bits Delighted bro. that you and not us Yeah I'm in bits yeah. I'm still rebooting from the yeah. weekend
1: But you know it's like a Know what you need What bro An electrolyte bro I had all
3: right. <laughs>
2: that's exactly what you need And that's a good cue So Tomo So you've started up your own business It's mad yeah so Obviously, boxing doesn't pay so well at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Contrary to what people might think, it doesn't pay so well in the beginning. So you do a lot of work with sponsors, brands, you know what I mean? As you are probably in the same game, you know what I mean? Trying to make brand partnerships, deals, collaborations, all that sort of stuff. But I was always advertising for other people, you know what I mean? I was always saying, oh, I'll advertise your business. I was always saying to myself, I'd love my own business. That The more I plug it, the more I'm making out of it, not everybody else, you know what I mean? And I was always I like, oh, well, i tried try this, try that. You know, wasn't too business-minded, to be completely honest. I was all in on the boxing. That is my business. Boxing wasn't my business, you know. And basically, one brand that I used to work with, they used to sponsor me electrolytes so i don't use much um supplements to be completely honest i don't really use much a bit of protein creatine and then electrolytes that's what i use you know same that, that's what you use exactly you know same. you're in the gym now bro i, I see mean, the arms on you compared show, to last the time yeah absolutely me and tomo sparring
1: after this he's <laughs> at that
2: trebling in size man <laughs> uh, but anyways what i was saying is i don't really use that many supplements you know so during lockdown i was trying to live as good a life as i can with the intention to turning pro not drinking anymore you know, I was trying to fill my time with uh, with stuff that was healthy enough. You know what I mean. I wasn't going out drinking. I wasn't staying out all night. Wasn't eating crap food. So it was, what I really started to enjoy was saunas and ice baths. You know what I mean. One of these guys you see on Instagram. Everybody loves the ice baths, but genuinely, that's what I do. Five nights a week, six Positive nights a week. Positive thing to be promoting though. Six, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely, six nights a week I'm in the sauna by myself. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I, I really enjoy doing it. So the more you go, I'm a big, I'm a big dude. You know what I mean? I sweat a lot, so. I was feeling really run down with the heavy training twice a day and so on as I was feeling really run down and came to, con- to the conclusion that I was sweating too much and not replacing the minerals I was sweating out, you know, so I started really hammering the electrolytes out of it and felt such a kick off them. So then I, I started to explore more. I was like, oh, which ones do I like? Tried them all. Now I've tried them all. I've tried all the electrolytes. This before I brought out my own, you know what I mean? I've tried them all. So I was a customer, a consumer first. Found this brand, won't name them, and it's like right, that's it. They are the best by far, and it was really hard to get them. You can only get them in America now, um. But they were shipping to the UK and the EU, and I was, I had a deal with them where I was getting one free box a month, yeah. And I was buying two, so I was using three boxes a month. Uh, really, really liked them. Was hammering them over. I felt so great when I t- when I took them, and when I ran out, I felt the difference not taking them, you know, or taking a subpar brand like an Irish brand. Uh, really wasn't up to scratch. So I was using them for months. And May last year, they sent me an email. Hi, Thomas. I um, had a good relationship with them. They used to send them to me all the time, you know. Uh, Hi, Thomas. Uh, we're pulling out of the market. And basically, we're pulling out of the uh, UK market and pulling out of the EU market. Sorry to say, sorry to say that. Bye. Uh, because there was always issues with customs, that and this, that and the other. So with the last order, I ordered like 20 boxes. I was like, I'm not being left without them. And then I was saying to myself for ages, I said, there's really a gap in the market there for me to bring out my own product. You know what I mean? And and um, replace them I, I said you know you don't need to recreate the wheel just do a carbon copy but do it better do a cooler you know what i mean like that's mm. that was my thinking behind it but obviously me being me having zero business experience i did not know where to start who to talk to how to go about it and um, so i just started exploring it a little bit and was always a great idea in my head and i always used to say i would love to be doing my own electrolytes and you know, plugging them all the time because the, it, when you really believe in something and you use it, it's easy to plug to somebody. Yeah. I'm not selling snake oil you, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not selling something that I don't stand over. I really, really think they're really good. Now I do, but I'm saying, I, I really thought electrolytes were so good, made such a difference. I put my whole family on them, my mates, people in the gym. These are the previous ones, now not even my own. So I was like, these are the best and there's loads of people that took them at the time. So I started exploring my options and I, uh, in my gym, the ISI, Irish Strength Institute, I trained there with John Connors and there's always really it's expensive to train there, you know, what I mean? but it's the best gym in the country. I, it, it's a really select group of people. So I started approaching a couple of people, entrepreneurs, approached one guy about the idea. He was kind of in the space of what I wanted to do. So I approached him and uh, I've never felt as stupid in my life. When we started talking back, back and forth, he was saying, well, have you done this? No. Have you tried this? No. Uh, have you done research on this? No. You know what I mean? So basically, said he. Basically, gave me homework to do and was like, "Go do a, um, a slideshow, come and present your idea to me." And I said to myself, "Like, well, no, I'm kind of coming to you because I don't have the experience. I have a lot of um, lot of good traits that I can bring to the table, but I'm looking for you to do the business part because I don't have any yeah. experience. I'm your stereotypical boxer with no business experience." So he made me feel like an idiot, and in typical Irish fashion, I was biting the back off him. <laughs> to another fella in the gym and that was all well and good and a couple of weeks later he picked me up on the conversation and said Thomas can I actually talk to you about that and we went back and forth and you know to make a long story short the guy I was giving out about guy A to so guy B uh, which is Lar, Lawrence Murray he picked me up on the idea and he's responsible for the branding, he's responsible for the formulation, he's responsible basically for the whole product. We came together, put our heads together and now in November we launched and it's absolutely flying thats it's flying. And the reason it's flying is because like that I can plug it to people and tell them exactly what it does for you, how good, how good it makes you feel, uh, the, the flavour is amazing, you know what I mean. I Obviously I'm plugging the, the life over here but genuinely, what better place to do it, genuinely. I would stand over them. I don't ask people to like, oh, please put them in your story. No, try them is all I say to people. Mm. Just try them and You'll see for yourself. You I know take I mean? two
1: electrolytes today, Tom. I'll take yeah, straight
2: out to the gym, and then
1: before I leave the gaff, I'll have another one. I've done that today every day. I, I put you on the electrolytes, yeah. yeah. Terry. Terry
2: was doing the fast. Like, only to have electrolytes, me. So I've now brought you a box of each, lads. Yeah, and fair play. Yeah. I'm going to say, if you like them, put them on your story. You shout me out. Let everybody yeah. else know. That's the way I'm going to leave. I'm not yeah. going to say, oh, please, Larry, please put money. No, because <laughs> I know they're the best around, genuinely, because yeah. I've tried them all. No, you know what I mean. Yeah. The, the, like these are in sachets. You probably use tubes or tablets. tablets this yeah. is without a doubt. The best way to do them, yeah, it stays freshest for longest. You know what I mean. They don't kind of break up and end up in dust in your bag all over the bleeding place. You know what I mean. They don't get wet. You know, because once they get moist, it all sticks together yeah. in the tub and stuff like that. Yeah. They're the best around. I've tried them on. I don't you know? think I've ever heard about the sales pitching on in my life. I keep have Thirty out. Stereotypical boxer, yeah, but well, no, my balla. No, you undersell and over deliver,
0: that's how you do it. <laughs> yeah. you
3: know what I mean? No,
2: but genuinely, I think if it wasn't a boxer, I'd be in sales selling cars yeah. or something, you know. What yeah, I mean? yeah, you do a half easy
1: job. Like, Don't judge me on me winners, judge me on me losers because I have so few. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Come here, no, tell the truth now. Is this something that you have preempted and you're like, you know what, boxing's not going to last long and it lasts even shorter depending on how
2: your health goes? And you're like, this is a little maker after that. So not necessarily. Um, it, it's As I said, the company I was using, they pulled out a market in the EU and Ireland, and I was like, no, I want that exact one. I was like, so let me make my own for me to take, right. regardless of even a business. Let me make my own exact same formulation, actually better formulation and a little bit better tasting, and uh, let's run with it like that. So I wasn't thinking long-term business, and then when I approached Lara and We've now come up with this product. Now I'm saying that, you know, there's a massive future in this because it's such a good product. Mm. I'm so passionate about it. You know what I mean? I'm putting everybody on, I'm putting my dad on it. my dad doesn't trying, you know what I mean? I'm putting my dad onto them. My ma um, I'm putting her on them. Shannon works in the rotunda long hours, I'm putting her on them. She loves them. Mm. She's just recently qualified as a midwife, so I'm trying to get her to plug them to all the midwives in the mm. rotunda, you know <laughs> what I mean? But Everybody's a customer, you know. What I mean? Everybody yeah. feels better taking because we could all do with being better hydrated 100%. We could all do with it, yeah, whether you're trying or not, you know what I mean. Just for mm. mental clarity, from like brain fog, you know what I mean. Mm. We could all do with being better hydrated, so you can plug them to absolutely everybody. And do you think this is something that you'll go down the line of like supplements? So, as I said, I don't take many supplements. Yeah. This is it, this yeah. is as far as it's going. Do you know what I mean? For now, this is as far as it's gone because there's nothing more to it. This is just exactly what I wanted. I use it. You know what I mean? I'm passionate about that. And I'm really passionate about yeah. it. And and it's really, really, really good. Like we've did we've done a lot of taste testing. It's cost a lot of money. Believe me, I don't have much money. You know what I mean? And it's cost me nearly all my money to get this to where it needs to be. And that's it done. Mm. have to talk about his biggest opponent, Ryan.
1: Ryan who? Ryan here.
2: Ryan. Oh, right <laughs> Yeah. Sorry, you know I hate Ryanair, don't you? Uh,
1: anytime I used to open Twitter, it was you and Ryanair having a fight. I was like, this fella spends more time fighting with Ryanair than he does in the ring.
2: So, <laughs> training for the second use fight is AJ all the time. And they used to let me go home on the weekends. So, time is precious when you're only getting two days at home. Training for six, seven, eight weeks. I used to get... I was in England Monday to Friday. Uh, fr- Sunday night to Friday. Just come home every Friday and go over every Sunday night. And every time I'm coming home that I need to go home, the flights are delayed. So what I've actually come to realise is that it's not a takeoff time. It's estimated time. It has to be, do you know what I mean? Because it never takes off on time. It's always an hour late. At best, you're on the plane for the time that it's meant to take off. It never takes off on time. I don't understand it. Why bother? Just say, lads, be in the airport for six and we'll see what happens from there. Why bother saying that the flight is at half six? Like, do you know what? Uh, thanks for booking your flight be in the airport for the second half of the day and we'll get you eventually do you know what I mean? we'll take off at some stage <laughs> just be around you know what I mean uh, how do people do it why do you look angrier now at Ryanair than any of your opponents <laughs> <laughs> because I think back you know, if I had something on I want to get home I want to lie down or wrecked or the day where I was pissing blood on the Ryanair flight you know what I mean we we're delayed in the airport I just it was, it's mad Do you ever have a kidney injury lads no no it's, it's like you need to piss non-stop like, you're like, oh, I need the jazz and Boston, but nothing comes out. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's a horrible feeling. It's very, very painful. So that day, flight delayed two hours. Do you know what I mean? Crazy. I've seen some mad stuff about Ryan there. Seeing one time, one girl flew out of Ireland with her kid, they let her out, but wouldn't let her fly home. Lads, seriously, my professor's going through the real Disappointed. <laughs> disappointed. Here, you won't catch me. I've all the tricks, lads. You know, lean the case off the scales and all. Get it on there. You won't catch me. we will never pay extra on Ryanair. Not yeah. a chance. Do I remember yeah, the, see you 20 kilos. 40 kilos, I'll get through for the same price. Guaranteed, people have seen me do it. Lean the case off the scales. Get it to 20 or hover your finger in it. Get it to 20 kilos. Get the tag. Tag on the bag and then throw it as far in as you can. On The belt, you not know, a self check in, throw it as far as you can, and it'll just get taken away. You know what I mean? Simple as that. I, I never pay an extra euro to them. They lost their bag
1: before, and you're giving the loads on Twitter.
2: Yeah, and I was
1: like, just as well, they lost their bag. It's full of unique jackets, anyway. <laughs> 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 that's a boot. <laughs> oh, mate. You're sure. Every time you used to go, it's just you ranting about Ryan. Right I was like, Come that's please, all. Mate, I just please. use it
2: to give people abuse. I am a troll, but at least I have my name on it. You know yeah, what I mean? So yeah. I, I stand yeah. over what I say, you know what I mean? So you're not flying Ryanair right anymore, eh? No, I'll always fly Ryanair, right lads, to be completely <laughs> honest. You know what I mean? They're great. No, they are they're great. They fly everywhere all the time. Do you know what I mean? But just, just not on time. Just not on time. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean?
1: Not more than so when you're delayed and then you land and the, the bell goes off. Do you know what I was like? Oh, oh. we arrived fifteen minutes. I was like how could you arrive fifteen minutes early? We left, late Yeah. Do
2: you know hey, what I mean? Listen, lads, Mate, we that won't makes get sense. Into it. We, we we really won't get into it. Right. Are hey, you sure you are right, Tomo? blood pressure straight roof. just when I think of some of the things <laughs> or do you know what the worst is when they're flying to England and they come along with the car do you want tea coffee I buy tea off and then all of a sudden I can't drink the tea because we're landing yeah. What? don't serve me the tea don't give me the tea do you know what I mean yeah. they come along with the car do you want and they, they sell you art on the plan right and then I'm just trying to put the bleeding sugar into the tea and they're like you have to put the table up now how am I meant to put like why serve me the tea if I can't drink it do you know what I mean crazy absolutely crazy are right, nuts No, do you get that <laughs> 40 minute flight and you come along they shouldn't be allowed served tea and coffee if they're not going to allow people to drink or prepare it to drink I couldn't be the only one that thinks that oh mate I can't stand it they're, they're up and then they're flying along selling yeah. everything and then all of a sudden you need to put the table up how am I meant to mix the tea we flew Take the tea bag out and all, you know what I mean? we flew to Bristol and wouldn't a- they wouldn't open the back
1: toilets so the they owned the toilet at the front the plane was still Going up, it was like a slide, yeah. And the boys were crawling up the oil <laughs> literally <laughs> holding onto the seats, crawling to go to the toilet.
2: I was like, Mate, I can feel this plane pulling me back. Tell me, you take off, and you have the seatbelt turned on. Ah, off. crazy, crazy, man. Then you have like the chairs are so small. Then I always have fellas fighting with me for the elbows and all, you know, when they are sitting on the chairs. Outrageous carry on your fight with your man beside you to try and get your elbow on Passive the aggressive, not ah, looking at each other. At yeah, mate. That. So I just watch my phone like I just sit like that, then you know what I mean. Watch me phone because I can't <laughs> be bothered. I'll be doing for manslaughter on the plane one these days. And not a good flyer. I fly all the time. I've done a lot of traveling the last few years, and it's not getting any better, to be completely honest It's getting worse, it's getting worse. Because the, and then last time I took off at a fella, a fella actually coughed on my neck for the whole flight. And do you know when someone doesn't cover their mouth, I'm like, sorry mate, can you cover your mouth? No problem. And then he's just spluttering all over the place. You should, should be heavily vetted to get on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> right, we come coming to the end then, are we? He's fighting again in about 20 minutes. And you're trying to wrap the podcast up. Yes, we're fighting. So he forgot <laughs> as yeah. well. I like, have a fight. Yeah. I'm at the come straight my sparring lads. I'm doing well Local to get bust. I'm doing well to get to this stage. Yeah. Um fighting again. So we need a, another quick run out before have loads of um loads of stuff going on in the background at the moment um, business wise and pledging your allegiance with certain promoters I'm still a free agent at the moment you know what I mean um, you probably understand a bit more than Terence in terms of, <laughs> of boxing you know what I mean in terms of the business side of things <laughs> no, we've spoken before about, but I'm still a free agent at the moment I haven't signed exclusively with anybody sorry to go across you, Tomo. I
1: told you I'm going to go into boxing promoting and you thought I was messing me and Tom have had conversations I'm going to mm. I'll probably turn you probably by the end of the year if you keep her up
2: you better than I have them <laughs> <laughs> no but all jokes aside um, still a free agent at the moment a, a lot's going on in the background but I'm having another takeover fight uh, Ray molette was already fighting in Castle Bar on the uh, St. Patrick's Day on the Sunday uh, March 17th isn't it Yeah, he was already fighting there on St. Patrick's Day so we've all jumped on the same card so there's Ray molette there's me there's Spike there's Craig O'Brien by the time this goes out it'll be announced there's Craig O'Brien um, there's Daniel O'Sullivan Am I missing anybody else there? That's all I can think of for now. And there's a there's a massive announcement for the card, which is you'll see very soon. But um and then that's a uh t- fight because 'cause we're looking forward to the Katie Taylor Chantal Cameron trilogy, aren't we? You know what I mean? So looking to figure out when that's announced. There's been hearsay when it is, May twenty fifth, so I hear. You know what I mean?
1: And you think in Crow Park, Tom, how confident are you that happens in Croker?
2: I'm not confident at all. No, zero. it's happening no. in no. Oh, is it, yeah? Yeah, that yeah. won't happen in Croker, yeah. No. Right. the GAA have said that there's been no contact from the not boxing true. side yeah. but, and, and Katie Taylor's management and then they've said the same so yeah. even if it was to at they, 12, they did not go he with even no.
0: did or, it, or it was Hawks it app, it's,
2: it's a, kind of a heavy time for rugby as well isn't it mate is it yeah I think so so I'm not too sure lads but we're holding out for the Katie Taylor trilogy like
1: yeah I know you don't give a bollocks but it would be a big shame that like Katie Taylor fought three times in Dublin and not one, and every single time was in the training. I do
2: it? care I do really care you know what I mean? imagine there's history right there for Katie Taylor to fight in Crow Park. The last person to fight there was Muhammad Ali. Mm. That's nuts, lads. You yeah. know what I mean? And I think if anyone is ever going to do it, yeah, well, yeah, it, it should be Katie Taylor. Mm, you yeah. know what I mean? Like I remember a lot of people, a good point someone made there was when uh, Lansdown Road was getting done up or Chansey of Eve or whatever was going on. I'm actually not sure of the history, but that was getting done up. Rugby couldn't play there. So the government stepped in to oversee a deal with the GAA for the rugby to take uh, place in Crow Park. In Crow Park. Why can't the government jump in and take over um, negotiations for the boxing to happen? Because boxing is frowned upon in Ireland. You know, Mm, working class sport, who cares? You know what I mean? Leave them. You know what I mean? But rugby, completely different. Seen completely differently. You know what I mean? That's a stigma that we have to deal with as fighters, as boxers. Like I said earlier on, sometimes I would be half embarrassed, slightly embarrassed about telling people I'm a boxer, oh, you must be a scumbag. You know what I mean? This, that and the other. That's what I was thinking. I'm not lying, you know what I mean? There's a stigma with being a fighter, with being a boxer, you know what I mean? Coming from a working class area, there's a big stigma that goes with that. Mm.
1: The last one I have, have you any more? No. Last one I have, Tom, what's the biggest shock that you have felt since tournament pro?
2: The biggest shock? Yeah. In terms of, well, what shock? Tournament
1: you? pro in general, like professional, being a professional boxer, what's the biggest,
2: whoa, that you felt? Uh, that you didn't <laughs> see coming? Um i would say uh, there's two things what shocked me is how little money there is at the very bottom and i would be someone that i would class that does okayo boxing very very little money shout out to anybody that's out there grafting as a boxer because there's absolutely no money in it in the beginning it's you know it's going to cost you way more than you're going to make for your first couple of years and um, that really really shocked me and that goes that runs deep how expensive it is to be a fighter you're talking shorts, this, that and the other, if you're not marketable then you have no sponsors, you know what I mean I'm lucky that I have great sponsors, great support, you know what I mean, I really have a great following I think, you know um, a great group of people that come see me fight, so thank God for them Um, and then what shocked me then as well is how all in you need to be, because you know, like I said, I have no crazy sad sob story of why I get into boxing, people do have that I've met them, I've met hungry fighters from Eastern Europe, I've met hungry fighters from America and stuff like that and this is not just how they plan to secure their future. This is how they're eating week to week. Do you know what I mean? Like some people have a bad, and you see the difference, you know what I mean? So the big difference from turning amateur to professional for me was the difference in intensity. People are, you know, looking after the kids out of, out of this now. They're not doing it for a bit of crack anymore. People want to kill you, want to rip your head off. It's it's true, you know what I mean? So the difference is that, you know, before you're sparring away as an amateur and you're not feeling one day, you say, ah fuck, I'm just going to go home early or whatever, you know what I mean? Whereas, as a professional, you can't. You have to stay in the gym. You have to be there early, you know what I mean? You, you can't just take the day off the next day, you know what I mean? That's what shocked me, was the difference in intensity. People are lit- life and death in this sport, literally life and death. It either has to happen or there's nothing. Like They come from countries, no opportunities, do you know what I mean? So I, I've met lads from Croatia, lads from Poland, uh, just to name a few. I'm sure there's way more, but from personal experience, I've met lads that are, all in on this lads you know what i mean how can you compete with someone like that you know now i'm saying i can you know what i mean because from my side i'm so competitive that i'll bridge the gap wherever i can you yeah. know what i mean i'm so competitive in every single thing that i do that i'll make my business to make it a level playing field to do the same amount of work to do more than him you know what i mean then a man that has nothing that's just where i'm from mm. that's where i come from you know what i mean there's no one that trains harder and if i think there is i'll train harder than them again that's where I bridge the gap you know what I mean that's mm. where I make up the ground on these people
3: great way to finish mm-hmm.
2: good answer were you expecting
3: a answer like that because he's at the Shakespeare over there
1: very <laughs> impressive I was yeah. expecting him to say something good. He's talking me last. shite the, art- the <laughs> articulate <laughs> fella you yeah.
3: <laughs> right well then we're at the end
1: yeah. take us out
2: Lardin. Thanks. Bill subscribe to this podcast for free on the Go Live app One. what waiting for One. what
0: back in
3: They're hip-knocker.